0: Hey, this is Jay. Before we start the episode, I wanted to share some really exciting news. Calibra was just named a leader in the 2023 Forrester Wave Report for data governance solutions. If you don't know what the Forrester Wave is, it's essentially a guide for us buyers considering options for our software. If you want to get to know Forrester a bit better, go back and check out our recent episodes with Raluca Alexandru and Michelle Getz from Forrester. I love these conversations. We had a total blast and I can't resist making a plug here either. To learn more about the report, go to calibra.com slash data download dash dg And we're going to put all of that in the show notes as well so that it's easy for you to navigate to them and check out those reports. All right, back to the show. This is the Data Download, your guide to upping your game when it comes to managing and accessing data in your organization. For Calibra, I'm your host, Jay Miller. Hi, everybody. This is now our second episode that we recorded while we were at Data Citizens 22 in San Diego. In this one, we actually celebrated three Calibra award winners and to hear about what those awards meant to them. Beyond that, we dove into their careers in data, how they got into the positions they're in, and all sorts of different innovative things that they're doing with data. And of course, I can't let an episode of the data download go by without asking guests to predict the future for us. So... I think you're going to love this. Let's get right to it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming to the Data Citizens 22 conference. And thank you for coming to to check out our podcast. I'm Jay Millicher, host of the Data Download. And with me today is Heather Wentworth, CDO of Accelerant Holdings. Heather was the winner of Calibra's Acceleration All-Star of the Year Award. Thank you. So, Accelerant Holdings and Acceleration All Star of the Year. Is there there's something with the name there? <laughs> <laughs> there sure is. Yeah? There sure is. We also have David Mitchell from Cox Automotive, Senior Director of Engineering. Good morning. Winner of Calibra's Program of the Year Award. Congratulations, <laughs> David. Thank you. Finally, Peter Vennel from Equifax, the rangierest of all <laughs> Calibra Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <Thank> you, Jay. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, Gabe. All right. Before we started this podcast, we talked about our all-time favorite breakfasts. I think we heard quesadilla from Peter, right? Yeah. What was yours, David?
1: Mine was standard, but then you influenced me with you, yours. You so changed I, your answer. I changed mine, yeah, based on your influence. <laughs> what is it now? It is uh, salmon with... Uh,
0: it's a salmon egg benedict, Salmon Salmon right? eggs
1: benedict, yes.
0: It's a beautiful thing.
1: You just made me hungry
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so hungry. <laughs> Heather, what was yours again?
2: Spinach, garlic, and egg.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Eggs for breakfast. All right. So, again, congratulations. And thanks again for, for joining me here on the Data Download podcast. And I wanted to just get your thoughts on kind of what the award that each of you took home means to sort of you and your company. So Heather, why don't you start us off?
2: Sure. So the Acceleration Award for a company named Accelerant Holdings (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, means a lot. Um, So the award represented that we implemented start to production in four weeks, which was very fast. And one of our values at Accelerant is being fast and wise, so not just fast. And one of the questions that I've had over the past two days is, wow, four weeks, you must have been frantic, the team must have been working constantly. And the answer is no. It was never frantic. And I think that is good planning, good execution. That is amazing. And staying fast and wise. Were you,
0: were you preparing sort of, was there a, le- a lead up to, to the implementation before? Like, there was, what was there the key? was. What was the key to that four week
2: <laughs> awesome turnaround? Um, we did things uh, a bit differently than the norm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that really accelerated us. I've seen a lot of companies get stuck on the glossary Um, And then either the program tips over or they never get past the glossary to all the good stuff. So I think one of the big things for us was not eliciting a full glossary from all of our business members, but instead buying business terms where we could licensing dictionaries, sourcing information that we already had. So
0: you didn't have to do it. You, You bought dictionaries.
2: Yes. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Excellent.
1: David. Yeah, good morning. So I think for Cox Automotive, it's really been kind of a recognition of our data strategy and execution. Data is a lifeblood of our products and services we provide for the automotive industry. And it's a culmination of that data strategy and execution, but also our corporate culture of innovation, really driving to focus on data and to make things better and to look at what's next in data so we can start achieving towards that to make our products and services better. And then finally, it's a recognition, I think, of all the team members who come together on a daily basis and bring their best to work and really really drive what we do. Because this program of the year, it's not an individual award. It's, it's right. a program. It's a group award. Right, right. And we've got some of the best team members in the industry and very proud to be part of the team.
0: Plus, if you saw Lacey and David from Cox Automotive talk about data mesh yesterday, data mesh is all about enabling the business, right, to be successful Absolutely. through data. So it's not even just your own team. It's your whole company, right, that, that winds up taking this award, right?
1: Absolutely, and I think from that, from a, you know, our strategy towards data mesh and evolving to that, you're exactly right. We have 20 plus brands that make up Cox Automotive, and how do we connect them to build products we've never dreamed of before? And that's kind of our mantra that we look at, is bringing this data together and really thinking data-driven and putting data literacy, not only in our core group, but throughout the organization. Throughout the organization, mm-hmm. right,
0: exactly. Very cool, very cool. All right, Peter, tell, yeah. us, tell us about your... Uh Rangierist of Rangers Award. Absolutely, Jay. So,
3: So three years back when we were actually evaluating the different platforms for metadata and data intelligence and we decided to go with Colibra, we knew that it's a very sophisticated platform and we didn't want to rush through the process of actually executing and adopting the platform. So the company Equifax where I work for, we made the decision that we need somebody from the company who understands the platform holistically. We will not be an expert, but at least understands what's possible with the platform because we wanted to maximize the potential of the platform as we embrace it. And getting this award really validates that investment made by Equifax. And it's been priceless because as a ranger, when we are trying to adapt across the globe, I really understand what the platform can provide, so it was helpful. Now, I may not be an expert in every area of Colibra, but the ability to know that what is possible,
0: there's no price
3: to it. Right, exactly. Look, the the platform is so
0: configurable, right? So I'm I'm sure you've taken advantage of that. Right,
3: absolutely. Yeah.
0: So what I really want to know though, Peter, is with you joining us here on the podcast,
3: will my credit score go up? Absolutely. As long as you haven't defaulted on, on your car payment or your home mortgage. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa.
3: You're awesome. Criteria, huh? Yeah. All
0: right, so let's change gears. A theme of our podcast throughout the whole summer when we did season one of the data download was careers. It wasn't intentional, it just turned out that everybody wound up talking about how they got into the field of data, how they landed in the, the position they're in now. So why don't we do the same thing? Uh, let's mix it up. David, why don't you start? Sure thing. Tell us about your sort of career journey. How did, how did you get here? Got it.
1: Wow, that's a, that is a journey. <laughs> <laughs> so I started as a software engineer in financial applications years ago and started coding and got an opportunity to build a financial data mart as we were starting with a previous company, starting to explore, how do we build our common data repository? How do we start getting movement towards an enterprise data warehouse? And I was fortunate enough to kind of get Jumped into that and then eventually found out that, wow, I was really passionate about technology and problem solving, but my real passion was more about working and leading people who were passionate about technology and problem solving and helping them achieve their career goals, but also driving these data solutions for our customers. So I wound up actually building and and owning our enterprise data warehouse and then moved into more real-time data and kind of evolved through this business through analytics teams that I own. And and that was still in finance this actually expanded to completely across the enterprise. So we were all domains and subject areas at that point. And then got the opportunity five years ago to come to Cox Automotive and really take what what had been a journey of data and us work with a great team to build it to even a much better journey with a cloud uh, enterprise thing, apply enterprise thinking principles to a cloud first solution. And we built our data platform. We've evolved that. And now, built our product experiences, our Cox Automotive data marketplace, which is what we're really the game changers now. And I've got, you know, I work with a great group of people, great team, great partners throughout the organization. And we've, one thing for, that I really look at this that's got me, you know, loving where I am today is the culture we have and driving into that. And it's really helped me grow my career from not just focusing on data, but being partners across the organization. You know,
0: every step of that journey that you just described was you helping other people. How cool is that? Right. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it.
1: And Absolutely. I know it sounds
0: corny, but it's like, it's,
1: not it's, corny it's what
0: I focus on, you know? Absolutely. No, that's great. Um, Heather.
2: Sure. Tell so us about your career. Uh, yeah. It's been an interesting journey. So I started business roles, product, with a strong tech background, um, evolving into more technology-focused roles. And I had the best teams, the best funding, best vision for these projects. Uh And at every company, it was always sizzle first, not data first. So the team would work so hard and just put together like these amazing platforms. And you'd get to the end, and you knew the data wasn't going to be good.
0: Interesting. And then
2: the disappointment of, this is fabulous. We have the sizzle. Can... Can we make the data better? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, no, no. We don't want to do that. Let's do the next sizzle. sizzle. More sizzle. So um, I sought out knowing that I said I'm not going to keep doing product. I'm not going to keep doing the CTO side of things. I am going to focus on data. And I'd held some data roles early on, and you know, in those days, it never got traction for all those reasons. That's really interesting. It is, and Accelerant really was the first company where we are so focused on our members of the platform that it would be a disservice for us not to focus on getting the data right. The team that I have is like-minded. Also, similar paths to where we just wanted to be somewhere where we could get the data right and then build the sizzle, and that's what we've done. So I would imagine
0: data is <laughs> baked into the product where, it, where it you is. are now, and, right? and
2: we've put it in at the foundation. And uh, you know, at a lot of companies, uh, it would be a struggle to do that. And we've had absolute support at uh, across the entire organization, and so that has helped us tremendously. And again, the like-minded team mindset I guess around just not accepting bad data anymore.
0: Love it. Yeah. Don't accept bad data. <laughs>
3: There's a theme for today's episode. <laughs> Peter. Yeah hi G. So how does well, one become a ranger? It takes a lot of hard work <laughs> and commitment and I'm not life, a ranger. And yeah, absolutely, but it's all worth it. Uh-huh. So like David and Heather, like I also come from a strong technical background. But it wasn't accidental that I pivoted into data governance management. So I started as a developer, uh, architect, the director of a business intelligence data warehouse team, okay, supporting the insurance industry in U.S. Like we were doing actually competitive intelligence for them, and one of the big challenges was data quality, mm. and. It was kind of frustrating because by the time it came to the warehouse, it was too late mm-hmm. downstream and we ended up fixing it again and again. Right. And that was an aha moment for me. Like I said, it's not the right way to do it. And I started exploring as to what's the best place to do it and how. And that actually made me change my track from uh, more from a technology side to a data governance, data management side. And, uh, and you cared like about they the quality. Said, it was... The data quality was the trigger point, but there's, of course, a lot of other trigger points for anyone pivoting to data governance. It can be security or privacy or anything, but that was the aha moment for me, and like they say, the rest is history. The rest is history, right. Oh, that's very cool. That,
0: fascinating journeys uh, on their career path to being award-winning members of the data citizen community here, um, so thanks for that. Do you have questions for each other?
3: Yeah, I, I'll uh, go ahead and take a stab at David with this question. Now, it's not a tricky question. <laughs> I Actually, actually, as a matter of fact, I attended the session that Cox Auto had yesterday, which was very interesting and informative because unlike most of the customers, Cox has been using Colibra for almost seven years. And looking at the roadmap as to how they were reaching different maturity level was interesting. And, that's going to help me. So my question to David is, uh, if you have to go back and do it all over again, what's the one thing that you would change in your Colibra adoption process? Well, the one
1: thing? <laughs> I think, uh, you know, if we look at it, be acceleration. Uh, we kind of diverted and focused on different things, a custom UI to do some of our configurations, but really starting to dig in and, and make Colibra more of a focus for that system engagement and reduce that swivel chair and moving around. I think that would be one thing that, you know, as you look at bringing people, process, and technology together, you've got to win the hearts and minds of people to actually get involved in that. So I think if we would have pushed and had that more accelerated and had that, that buy-in earlier, we would have been in a better place. And I think, you know, part of that's leveraging some of the automation in Calibra to pull information in instead of having people hand key it because that would have, that would have made it easier. And I think that would have been something we would have looked at in that space. So really, when I think about it, it's how we accelerate down that path faster.
3: And can I have another question with Heather? Because uh, (laughs) of course. And Heather, it's like amazing that you guys have done the adoption so fast. So like, is there a secret sauce or recipe of how you could accomplish that so fast? Like, because for us, it, it has taken years and you have done something really awesome.
2: Thank you. I would say the secret sauce is the team, first and foremost, in, in everything I mentioned about just the mindset of the company. And the other thing is, you know, we are a startup. We're cloud native. That was a huge advantage. There's a lot in the ecosystem, and you can move very quickly. And being in the insurance industry, that is uh, a luxury that not many have. So that helped us, but I think we just, um, we've seen all of my team has some experience and have seen the worst, I think, of implementations. Um, <laughs> and I think a lot of that comes to guidance from maybe consulting firms that are not close enough to it or don't understand the company culture. I think the one theme and everything I, for all the people I've talked with is you know, culture is so different. And that's why I love the Caliper product we implemented it in a way that worked for us, which is different than Cox Automotive, which is different than Equifax, but similar to others. And that flexibility in the tool set and the support of the Calibra team, to us you know we can pick the people internally, um, and we're pretty proud of those people. Uh, we pick our partners the same way. And you know I've known Cindy Cronin for a few different uh, through a couple of different companies now. And uh, I think the people and just the culture of Calibra aligns really well with Accelerant. That's great. That's so awesome. no, I can't give you the secret sauce. <laughs> 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 I, I have a quick question for Peter. Um, how long did your Ranger journey take you?
3: So. That's one area where I had to accelerate because everything was dependent on this. So it took me about like two to three months to really get up to where I was in getting certified. But I would give a lot of recognition to the Colibra professionals, services and their account managers for actually working with me because they knew how important it was for me to be successful as a ranger for Equifax to be successful. So if you dedicate a a quality time, it should not take you more than a few months. And then as we start working with the professional services, you get more into the weeds and you have a much better understanding. So I did give my ranger certification eight months into the process because I wanted to really get my hands on and also understand things before because the ranger certification tests two sides. One is it to test your understanding of Colibra. And the other thing is it's also try to test like how do you apply that knowledge and nothing can train you for that than a actual experience, the boots on the ground. Now,
0: how, how are you applying it?
3: You want right. to shed some light on that? Yeah, You've sure. You've got some so, cool
0: projects going on.
3: So the Colibra platform is very scalable and versatile. So you can easily get lost in the weeds and trying to figure out what can I do? So, and like what Heather had said previously, there's no one size that fits all. Like every industry can implement Colibra in a different way. So you have to be a d- domain expert to really see how can I quickly leverage Colibra? Because if you're not a domain expert, you will end up with a solution that is really not scalable. It may do something. So that application of that knowledge to your industry or to your company is key. Right. Very cool. Thank you. All right. For those of you that know the Data Download
0: podcast, I usually end every podcast with my guests asking them to predict the future. (laughs) So, Heather, tell us about what your thoughts on, you know, what what does five years from now look like in the space of data intelligence or maybe in in your world?
2: Sure. Um, I'll call out two things, and this excludes blockchain discussions. (laughs) <laughs> um, I would say that the first one is when we think about data quality scores today, we think about them as data management and you know, by job or by pipeline and, and how that uh, works and, and for support and just a, a signal. But we, what we've actually found by accelerating through to where we are right now we've actually started to use data quality scoring for other things. So predicting and preventing business outcomes. So we don't just run our scores in DQ by the job that ran. We slice them by each member of our business. We slice them by region. Uh, We slice and dice score and we've found that it is an absolute signal. I'm not going to say it correlates, but it is an absolute signal to business performance. And so we are now um, using that in in some models, and I expect that over the next year of having that data, we will not only predict performance of oncoming members to our platform, Mm -hmm. um, as well as ourselves and our analytics, um, but that will also lead to a lot of preventative business outcomes, not necessarily just data management outcomes.
0: That's huge.
2: The second one is, so we've implemented full technical lineage, Um, As well. And so what we are now piloting is so when we do have a data quality issue, rather than a human having to mine the lineage and figure out the 12 things that broke or 1200, being able to automatically harvest the harvested lineage. That's great. So mine that data and do more automated processing around it. So whether that's instantly telling support or the processing team and data acquisition that this failed and and here's all the things that broke without someone having to figure it out. Uh, But more importantly, a lot of our analytics are customer-facing. So we want to make sure that if we do detect something, we can either alert on screen, we can stop things from refreshing. More so, uh, if you think about today's processing If your job runs, it probably doesn't stop today if your data quality is off. In the future, we we also probably wouldn't stop the job. We do sometimes. But knowing where those data quality issues are, preventing report refreshes models from running, and making sure that we're not making bad decisions on bad data.
0: That's amazing. So you are connecting data quality to business outcomes, for one thing, and you see that as a trend going forward.
2: 100%. It's like credit score.
0: That's amazing. Right. Mine, which is going to be better, of course. you working for Calibra, your,
2: your data quality score you could use as your credit score, I think. <laughs> exactly.
0: But also, you're all, you're sort of lighting up and automating a dependency graph for every piece in the chain on your, your, yes. your data ecosystem. Yes. That's amazing. You're already at the future. <laughs> David, tell us about the future.
1: So as I looked into the crystal ball, it was very similar to kind of in the past I've looked into the crystal ball because... You know, the volume and velocity of data continues to grow at an exponential rate. And to Heather's point, it's it's this automation. And I think automation of activities, whether it be from getting data from a actual provider to a consumer faster in an automated method, is going to be paramount. Applying entitlements in an automated manner, in an intelligent automated manner, is going to be important. And... The, I love the harvest, the harvesting data. It's really about how do you apply data intelligence to the data of the data you have, because now you're really trying to get predictive in that and applying AI and ML models to that to really think beyond. Because you know humans can't think that fast, so we've got to continue to drive that innovation around automation and machine learning to understand that data to really make things faster. Because you know speed. That's, that's key to business decisions that we're making on a daily basis, not only daily basis, but it's hourly and now even automated from a minute basis. So it's something we have to continue to automate
0: and drive forward in those technologies. Right. So for all of that to happen, it's what you both are talking about is machine-readable metadata and, and you're, you're headed in that direction. Yes. That's fantastic. All right, Peter.
3: Yeah. So like future David, time. I, I had to pull up my crystal ball too. So uh, there's few things I think that's going to radically change on how we see and do things. So. We know that AIML has been there in the data science world for some time. But in the data management world, it's something new based on the volume of data as we're seeing, it's just growing at an exponential rate. Using brute force is just not going to work, whether it comes to data quality, metadata classification, and anything else. So Colibra has started infusing AIML into your technical lineage and data quality and the adoption is slowly picking up. It's, it's a new concept, so it's, it's hard for a lot of companies to wrap their hands around it. So in the next few years, that's going to be kind of the norm because it's not possible to stay on top trying to manually manage all this. And same thing for the analytics world. Yes, they have been using AI ML, but what's changing is You don't have to be an expert in all these technologies and all that, like companies like Google. They are building an ecosystem where somebody who is not a data scientist can start building models based on their domain expertise, because we need to focus on domain expertise than trying to become an expert on a technology or a platform. So like Holibra is trying to abstract a lot of things, making it easy for the users to use. That is going to be the trend and one last thing that I see which will be a very important role is uh, ethical use of data, and there has been a lot of things going back and forth. It it sounds like a very straightforward problem, but it's got a lot of intricacies and it will take some time to sort that out, but that's going to be critical as we start monetizing data.
0: That's great. Well, with our three guests here, this future is super bright, as you just heard. So again, Peter Venno from Equifax, <laughs> David Cox, uh, David Mitchell <laughs> from Potsdamer, <laughs> and, and Heather Wentworth from Accelerate Holdings. Thank you, thank you three for joining us today. This is the data download for Calibra. I'm your host, Jay Millicher. Thank you very much. even more insight into managing your data? Visit calibra.com slash podcast for additional resources on the topics covered in our show. Be sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a new episode. And a five-star review certainly doesn't hurt our chances with the algorithm. It's all about the algorithm, isn't it, folks? It's a great way to help us reach new listeners, and we truly do appreciate your support. The Data Download is a production of Calibra in collaboration with Stories Bureau.